This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Welcome to Truth Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. I'm Michelle. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, Em. How you doing, girl? Well, it's always good to be at a Black girl's table. Always. Nice to see the Black women showing up. (laughs) Best part of my week. (laughs) Always. Okay. Always. (laughs) always well there is a black woman in this trio that is not here and her name is c Uh c stands for christina edmondson she's frolicking on a beach in hawaii (laughs) a well-deserved vacation so we are not mad at sister girls no we're not we're not jealous at all. No, 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 no. We are very happy for her. She's celebrating her 20th wedding anniversary. Yay. So, yay. Praise God for yay. Black love. Hallelujah. So, 20 years, yay. 20 years. So, anyway, they over to frolicking on a beach and being free in Hawaii. So, <laughs> but we have not been left without because we have a special guest, a returning guest. I feel like this is the first time Ooh, I've been able to wow. say this, actually. Like, oh, no, no, we've had a couple of other returning guests. We have, we have. But still, we have a returning guest to the table. Morgan Harper Nichols is at the table with us. Hey, Morgan, how you doing, sis? Well, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so glad to be back. So glad to be back. Oh, my goodness. We are so happy to have you back. And this time, it is for um, a behind-the-book episode. And just in case y'all don't know about our sister, Morgan Harper Nichols, let me tell you a little something about this sister. Morgan Harper Nichols is an acclaimed artist, poet, musician, and Wall Street Journal and Publishers Weekly bestselling author. She has created her life's work around the stories of others. Morgan recently made headlines revealing in a heartfelt post that she was diagnosed with autism at the age of 31 years old after being told by previous doctors that she was perfectly normal. Her personal story, a long journey to see help for a diagnosis was shared on her Instagram page and featured in People Magazine. Morgan's popular Instagram feed at Morgan Harper Nichols has garnered a loyal online community of over a million followers, including the likes of Jennifer Garner, Reese Witherspoon, Rain Wilson, Chrissy Metz, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and the Michelle Obama Foundation, among others. As an artist, Morgan has collaborated with publications and brands, including Coach, Adobe, Vogue Singapore, Airy and Esquire Singapore, among others. Morgan has also performed as a vocalist on several Grammy-nominated projects and written for various artists, including a Billboard number one single performed by her sister, Jamie Grace. Morgan currently resides in Phoenix, Arizona, with her family. Welcome to the table, Morgan. And I feel like we need like a noise effect for books. I don't know, maybe pages turning or something. Yeah, Let's, we got to think about that. Man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Black Girl Magic. You know, Morgan was our Black Girl That's Magic guest right. a couple years ago. So we have charms. But I was like, what do we do for yeah. books? You know, like. Oh, yeah, just. You I can know? I can do a little sound for you. There you go. I don't there know how go. that came through the audience. That was really impromptu. No, I love it. <laughs> I, don't know why I, I have the advanced Pages turning. Pages turning. Boom. Yes, we love this. Book. We got the advanced copy. We feel special. Yes. So this is a behind the book <laughs> episode with Morgan Harper Nichols to discuss her new book. How far you have come. So welcome to the table, Morgan. We are so happy to have you and to talk about your book. Well, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Well, I I guess the first question that I have for you is just, 
you know, first of all, I love everything you do. <laughs> I absolutely love, I think I told you um, when I was on your show, I talked about the fact that um, all along you were blooming. It's like I incorporated into my devotional time with the Lord when mm-hmm. I'm just wanting to hear just another voice, another perspective on God's grace. Um, and so when I saw that you were coming out with another book, I was like, what? This girl's written, a- she's writing another <laughs> book. The sisters are writing, y'all. Um, so, so talk to us about the inspiration, about how far you have come. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, that's just so, so encouraging to hear just because I'm obviously a fan of your writing. So it just means so much to hear. And yeah, so I started writing this book at the beginning of the first lockdown, which was just such an interesting time and scary time, uncertain time to be working on anything. And I was just really in in a place of like, I don't know what to write for a book that's going to come out later because I don't know what's going to happen later. (laughs) Like, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow in in this huge life altering way. Mm. So I was like, well, I can't really, I don't really feel like I can look ahead, but what I can do is look back. So I was like, I can look at like my own life. And, and I literally started by just going through my phone's camera roll and just looking at photos that I had taken over like the past few years. And the first photo that I stopped on and it was, it's like in my favorites, I I go to it a lot. It was a photo that I took. That's actually the cover of the book. And I took it on my phone, leaving Albuquerque, New Mexico one morning in like 2014. And it's just like, one of my favorite photos, like just the colors, like the way the sun was rising, rising, it was just glorious. Like anyone could have taken the photo. I, I just happened to be <laughs> there with the phone at Beautiful. that moment. And I just love, love this photo. But I was looking at it and I was like, isn't this interesting that mm. as much as I love this photo and this moment, internally, I was really struggling at that time in my life. Mm. So it's like, while externally, like I'm kind of experiencing like this glorious God divine moment in creation. Internally, I was, I mean, the most heightened thing, I, it was real serious financial stress. I mean, just kind of like, I feel like in many ways, it's sort of just your stereotypical millennial (laughs) story of just like, hello, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to sustain, like, pay rent next month? I mean, just that alone, I mean, it will wear you down. And I was just in such a a rough spot of, of just wondering, like, if, like, feeling like I was called to be a creative, but just not being able to get support, not being able to create something sustainable. So it took me, that photo ended up taking me on this journey, literally through my phone's camera roll and looking at the map at different places that I've lived, different places that I've visited and finding these different moments on different landscapes where I truly feel like I was just in like the presence of God in this beautiful Mm. nature moment. But inside I was also like growing in courage in a way that I couldn't see at the time. So yeah, once I decided that, okay, I'm going to get really literal. Like I'm going to look at actual places on the map that I've been places where I've lived and I'm just going to go deeper and, and, and reclaim those moments as, as something worth looking at because I'm the kind of person who naturally I I tend to sell myself short a lot, especially when it comes to my own story. Like Mm -hmm. growing up, I loved writing fiction. Like I could just like make characters up out of thin air. I mean, I was just like, I was just like, oh yeah, give me someone else's story all day. Like I'm interested in that, but it was hard for me to kind of turn that lens on myself and look at my own story. So yeah, every single one of these chapters in this book is 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 um centered on a particular landscape starting in Atlanta, Georgia where I grew up and we go on a road trip, a road trip that I actually took all the way to California, stopping in each state in a different landscape and yeah. there's poetry, art and essays for each of those places. So, yeah, it's a little bit of what it's wow. about. Beautiful. And one of the things Beautiful. that I really appreciated about this book was um the interactions with other people 
And that was um, something that has always struck me about your work. It's very other-centered and other-related because you would take quotes and stories from people and then turn them into these inspirational encouragements. But here in this book, you're interacting with others, whereas normally we see more of a devotional, um, introspective Mm -hmm. Morgan. Here we've got stories about, um, well, the New Orleans trip Mm -hmm. really, really struck me. That was one of my most favorite chapters. It's very vulnerable. And the hope that you express is so God-given. I mean, the seeds of that hope um, that you experience by the chapter's end and then the panels that follow it, they're so beautifully spirit-seeded. I'm wondering how you sense this deep connection between your faith and then introspection and how you relate to others. So what what is the Lord showing you when you sit mm. down to write about some interactions that are a little awkward? <laughs> how are you sensing um, God's reassurance and relationship? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow, that's such a good question. You know, the, the first thing that kind of comes to mind, which has been a, a huge theme in my life, like, this is just how God likes to make me work things out. And that is time. (laughs) Um, I'm talking like decades to recognize the significance or the meaning of a moment. So you Mm. mentioned that story in Louisiana that's at New Orleans. I, I had so much, I mean, just being completely honest, like shame and embarrassment Uh about that, that story. I, I just thought I just looked so silly and so immature. I mean, just things that I would never say to anyone else in my life. Like, but I just put all that on myself. Like, Oh, like you're just, you're so awkward. All of these things. And it, it took me over a decade to recognize the grace in that story. Um, mm. It took me over a decade to see. It's like Morgan, right. you were doing what you could right. with what you had. Um, you, of course, you weren't going to navigate it perfectly. Like you, you were an mm. awkward college sophomore, like just mm-hmm. struggling, mm-hmm. barely making it through. Like right, turning right. your essay to the last possible minute. Like <laughs> I was just, it's like I was dealing with a lot. I was putting, mm-hmm. I put so much pressure on myself in that season of my life to try to perform well socially, academically. I was just like, right. you're going to be here. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be one of the only few Black people here, you got to do yeah. well. You got to do above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And I was putting all this pressure on myself. So it took me over a decade. And and I really do think that, I mean, for me, like, that's what grace is. It's just permission to let things take time to kind of go back and look at the story in a new way. So by doing that, by that time, that distance that time creates, that allows me to kind of see those relational aspects that I may have kind of shied away from in the present moment. Um, Because, I mean, in the moment, I'm just like, oh, let me just get out of this awkward scenario. Let me just, like, try to forget about this chapter of my life. Like, it was funny. When I was writing that story, I actually went back Mm -hmm. on my Facebook page trying to find, like, a photo album from that trip. And I had deleted, like, everything (laughs) from from that time. And I was like, wow, like, I really just wanted to forget about this. So, um, yeah, I say all that to say it is a process for me. And by looking mm-hmm. back, it's even giving me permission right now. You know, when I think about this past year of like, mm. yeah, I don't know what to say yet. That's right. Like, I don't know. Like, I got like a couple of words, but um, <laughs> this is going to take right. some time. Like, it's and it's okay to sit with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know For if that sure. answered the question, but that is something I think about a lot of just like really giving that, mm-hmm. allowing that time to be there to, to really yeah. look back. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, I think of what has struck me about uh, your work since I've been following you and uh, with both of your books um, is this, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want evolution, progression, or just um, a different um uh, approach, maybe just even this approach, maybe not necessarily a progression or even evolution, right? Everything ain't got to be linear. Um, but I, I, what I, what I find interesting is the way that you, um, are able to capture 
people's stories and narratives, right? And like you said, you can create a whole fictional universe um, for somebody, yet it's hard and it can be very hard to be vulnerable or access your own world, right? But you, it took so much courage for you to do that and how far you have come. Um, And so I thought, I I think it's very interesting that you did that, but also um, I thought it was very, very powerful um, when you not only take the narratives of people and shape them and do some, just do this beautiful devotional really for people um, in poetry, um, devotionals via poetry is the way I, Mm -hmm. um, I receive it anyway. Um, And then for you though, Mm -hmm. to who who is public facing um, to, Talk about a very personal um, diagnosis in your life um, and being courageous about coming um, forward about your own um, diagnosis with autism. I thought that was very brave and courageous and very generous of you because your medical diagnosis belongs to you and your doctor and your God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. for you to be able yeah. to, uh, for you to have yeah. the courage, the bravery um, to uh, open up your life to us in that way. I, I was, I don't know. I just found that to be very powerful, very moving, um, and full of, I would say integrity. And that's not to say, no, nobody, you're not, you don't owe anybody your medical diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to make anybody think that, but I just think it's powerful because complete strangers will pour out their lives to you, Morgan, and you'll come up with a whole devotional poetry, um, for them. And so for you to then go, you know what, you open up your life to me. Let me go ahead and open up my own life. This is what's going on. Can you talk to us about mm, um, yeah. what yeah. it what it means to be a Black woman who has been diagnosed with autism? Because you talked about this on your show as well. And so just talk to us about how you felt when you mm. got that diagnosis and um, what's open up to you. What are you learning about how far you've come? Yeah. Oh, thank you for, thank you for just saying that and just reflecting that back to me because <laughs> yes. I, I do have to remind myself like, yeah, it, it is courageous to talk about these very That's personal, right. intimate details That's of right. your life in a public way. And oh, yeah. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that because we, we live in a time where we're constantly seeing, you know, people being vulnerable online yes. and we can forget like, yeah, we're all still real people, though. Like, this is really, it sounds very scary and uncertain. Um, so yes. I had a lot of those feelings yes. when I when I first got my diagnosis. Um, on one hand, I felt so just relieved. It just um, mm. explained so much of what I, I had struggled with in my life. And for those who don't know, autism is, is <laughs> neurological and developmental, and it affects you throughout life. However, um, just mm. historically, there has not been a lot of research or support or anything for people of color um, getting uh, diagnosed. And, and as an adult, it's hard. Right. As a woman, it's hard. So I fit in all, all the little categories of like, yeah, there's not all a lot of information for you as, as an adult. <laughs> black autistic you know black woman yeah which sadly you know that is not exclusive to autism um unfortunately so um yeah i i had a lot of relief when i finally did get the diagnosis because it was Mm. such um just to have have a have a medical professional who knows the ins and outs of it it, to, to look at you and say yeah this is what's going on um and i'm here to help and i'm here to support um, sadly, that's not what happened the first time I reached out. So right. to finally have that happen was just such a, a blessing, a, a, a relief. Um, and then right after that, I was kind of, and I have a very supportive family. Um, there are also other neurological things going on in my family. So it wasn't so like, like just way out of nowhere. Right, it was just like, right. okay, there's, you know, that, that makes sense. We're glad to have more information. But beyond that, I was like, oh, great. Like, do I share this or mm-hmm. do I just keep this to myself? Because, I mean, this is huge. I mean, it feel, I'm like, it feels huge. It feels huge to, to, to know this and to have this. And ultimately, I went back and forth every day as to Absolutely. if I was going to share it or not. And then for whatever reason, the, the Thursday following my diagnosis, I just woke up and I was like, yep, I'm sharing it. I'm sharing it today. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um, I don't know why. And just, it just came over me. It's like, okay, you got to share it. Like, you, it's it's time. Now's the time. 
So I had other stuff to do that day, but I just set it aside and I got old fashioned with it. And I started writing actual blog posts. So I didn't even like post it on social media at first. I think it actually took about two hours between when I posted it on my blog to actually post it on social media, because what I wrote ended up being so Mm. long. Like I was just like, word vomit, let it out. Like, here's me, everybody. (laughs) And yeah, yes. and kind of like what you're saying about like you know I how I kind of keep in and and I I'm more comfortable kind mm-hmm. of being with other people's stories. I think a lot of it was like I had been holding so much in, you know. I've been all these years, all of these things that I was really insecure about, about like things that I struggled with communication wise or socially or or sensory yeah. processing issues, yeah. like things that I didn't understand or I was ashamed of. Like I would just hold all that in, so. I think for whatever reason on that Thursday morning, it's just like, it's time to let it out. And just, I don't know what the word count was, but it was, it was long. <laughs> so <laughs> what I, yeah, I was just like, yeah, here's what I deal with. I have no idea how people are going to react to this or whatever. I just mm-hmm. want to put it out there. And what helped me press publish was I, I'm a very visual person and yeah. I just had this, I mean, I hesitate to say vision because I'm like, that's such a big word. (laughs) But I had this visual (laughs) of of this Black woman Mm. on Google years from now Mm. um, trying to get more information about possibly being autistic. And I was just like, yeah, that's who I'm uploading this for. Yes, this is a lot of words. Um, It's way longer than an Instagram caption, but... When I was at the lowest points of not knowing what I was dealing with, I would have loved to have had a blog post like that. (laughs) I would have loved to have been able to see myself in that way. And I would have read the whole thing. And that's not like me bragging on myself or anything, Mm. but it's just like Mm -mm. our stories aren't really out there that much. Um, Mm. So I'm like, that's what I'm putting this up for. So I literally put it on social media of just like, okay, yeah, whoever sees it in this moment, but I hope ultimately this is sowing a seed for someone else in the future um, who who might need this. And from there, I mean, the response was just, I mean, it, it just, it was huge. I'm still processing it. I was, mm, I was very shocked. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that shocked me was the amount of, the amount of black women who were responding and commenting about, not even so much mm. the autism diagnosis, but mm. the actual process of a black woman trying yes. to get any diagnosis, yes, um, yes. any kind of support is is a whole That's mountain right. range within Absolutely. itself. And it's just, and for me, that just felt um, that felt like the right thing to do to just at least share mm. my story with that mm. because it's like. I mean, unfortunately, my mom has stories like that. My sister has stories like that. And so many other women in my life. And and just seeing the comments of like, thank you for for talking about this. A lot of people don't think about this. A lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, wow, this is even bigger than how I was perceiving it. I thought I was just talking about, you know, my diagnosis, but it ended up, it ended up just really speaking to this larger issue. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that I wasn't expecting that at all. And that was just like, okay, all right. I'm I'm really glad that I shared this. And then I've I've been I've had the opportunity to get, get messages from people who said like this helped them like find the courage to 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 get help and, and pursue a diagnosis themselves. Um so that to me was just like, okay, I that is above and beyond what I thought was gonna happen. Mm. And I'm just I'm so grateful. I really am. It's beautiful, Morgan. My mm-hmm. goodness. You, you talked about, yes. I know you said visual, but I, I'm going to call it a vision because it was, you had, <laughs> you had, you had a vision That's of right. love in the words of mm-hmm. Morgan. That's right. You had a vision of love, <laughs> like, you know, and it was that love. <laughs> I'm telling it's true. You had a vision of love and that's what compelled you. I, I would say in addition to, I, I think it was the Holy Spirit just like, this is the time. This is the time. Because your your freedom is bound up in the freedom of other people, right? And so, but I think you just, you had a vision of love for a future sister you might not ever, ever meet. Um, and it doesn't matter. 
if you meet her or not, right? Because she will meet you through your mm-hmm. blog. She will meet you through your yeah. testimony. She will meet you through your story. She will meet you through the episode where you shared, yeah. you know, uh, your your um, diagnosis or in your yeah. Instagram <laughs> post or on this episode. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But it was a vision of love. It was love that compelled yeah. you um, to share your story. And I think mm-hmm. in, in, in that, yeah. clearly, um, other Black women and, and other, I'm sure, non-Black um, people too found resonance um, and a home and safety uh, and courage maybe to share their own as well. So thank you for your obedience, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, there's mm-hmm. blessings oh, for so many well, people. Thank in you. I, oh. mm, thank you. And thank you for even saying that. I, as you were just sharing that, I, I just remembered the the first book that I read at the beginning of the lockdown. I don't know if you've heard of listening mm-hmm. for God by Renita Weems. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, it is, yes. oh, she is just, yes. I yes. mean, I read some, I was like, where have you been all my life? Laid out like so much of what I was struggling with. I mean, the way she talks about yeah. ministry and, and just, yes. I was just, um, yeah, I think in some ways it's like, it's like, you know, the work that we do today, it's like, we're just carrying on that torch. It's like, yeah, we've had writers absolutely. be that for us. We've had poets, you know, Come creators on. be that for us. So it's like, it's like a matter of like learning how to like, for me at least, like mm-hmm. not sell myself short. It's like, okay, you could be, you could be that for someone else. Like mm. you could help someone else feel the way that Renita Weems has made you feel. So Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, and Morgan, <laughs> you're doing that for millions and millions of people. You know what, but let's take a quick mm. commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to continue to talk to Morgan about how far you have come. So don't go anywhere. Keep it right there. Hey, y'all, we got a special announcement. Are y'all ready? Ready? Do you think y'all? All right, let's see. Let's see, Michelle. What you, no. you want to tell the people? <laughs> Ready or not, um, <laughs> information is this. <laughs> we are really excited to have signed with Convergent, an imprint of Penguin Random House and Truth Table. By all of our wildness, wit, and hopefully some wisdom combined, is well, well. producing a book for Black women by Black women. We listen. I don't even know if we're ready. Are we ready? Well, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure, but God will give grace. <laughs> that much I know. That much I know. So, see what what is the give me a sneak peek. What's what's the book? Looky here. So this is this is a collection of of musings, pontifications, prophetic utterances, and hopefully a lot of truth telling and even some humor in there, because I've heard the word on the street is that we are quite witty and funny. So there's a little bit of that thrown in there too. So um, yeah, we're excited about this collection of essays from all of us, uh, hopefully knocking on the door of some topics that you would like to hear us talk about, expanding on maybe even some themes that you've already heard us cover on the podcast. Yes, so y'all have heard us read the books of Black women and host them on the show. And now it's time, it's our time. It's time for Truth Table to write and release a book. So if y'all could pray for us and stay tuned for more details as they become available, we will let y'all know. We are excited to release our uh, work to y'all next year. Pray for us. (laughs) Hey, y'all. You know, we really take women's empowerment seriously here at Truth Table, which is why this table is built by Black women and for Black women. So we are happy to present to you Cradling Abundance, one African Christian story of empowering women and fighting systemic poverty by Monique Misenga Ngo Mukuna with Elsie McKee. Growing up in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Monique Mukuna persevered through many challenges to become a businesswoman, church leader, social activist, teacher, and matriarch. In the new book, Cradling Abundance, Maman Monique tells her own story as she sheds light on the lives of Christian women throughout Africa and the majority world at work at every level of the church and community. For anyone interested in how lay women lead in Christian ministries, what it takes to start a pioneering nonprofit, or how empowering women is critical to the health of communities, Cradling Abundance is a unique and gripping resource. And now, Truth Table listeners can save 30% off of Cradling Abundance.
Healing Abundance when they order at ivypress.com using promo code TRUTH21. That's promo code TRUTH21 when you order Cradling Abundance at ivypress.com. This offer expires on September 30th. And we are back at the table with our good sis, Morgan Harper Nichols. Oh my goodness, Morgan. I just, so first of all, this is my favorite part of the behind the book (laughs) episodes is reading back the words of the author back to them. And in this case, well, I guess it's always her, you. Um, So (laughs) how far you have come. Y'all need to get this book. First of all, that's step one. Um, but I'm going to read a couple excerpts. So I'm going to read from the Georgia chapter and Mississippi. These are not super long excerpts, but I was just like, I don't know. I was just struck by these um, these words, this poetry um, in these chapters. And so if you'll indulge me, um, I am reading from Georgia first. Um, and it says, it begins, make room for rest. Every moment of the journey matters, even in stillness. I will not let the pulse of the clock dictate the pulse of my life. The sienna color clay of childhood play and five miles of birds and power lines, planes rushing and roaring in the sky, summer stream clinging to my skin. Oh, how could I ever leave it behind? And oh, I know I must. The red cedars glowing green teach us it is okay to just be. There is no need to rush. This moment right here is enough. 100 pines stand shoulder to shoulder, grow older and bolder because they know they have each other. Rooted to one another, we grow taller. We are freest in love. Oh, I love that line. That's my favorite line right there. (laughs) We are freest in love. Then let me go to Mississippi and then I'll just have you unpack all of this for us if you don't mind. (laughs) Um, Despite the chains that held you back, your heartbeat is evidence that even here, hope can last. As you travel along the path, grasping at black scales of bark flaking off these trees, may this darkness remind you faith goes beyond what is seen. Love is greater than fear, and you are free to be alive here. Love, love, love these words, Morgan. My goodness. Can you just talk to us and about these, just, yeah, just these beautiful excerpts and Wow. Your process. And how do you determine what you put in the book and leave out? I don't know. What do you leave on the cutting room floor? And go, oh, oh I'm not. Putting, I mean, what, what? How? Just talk to us. Tell us about these words. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that question, I will say I am a shout out to my wonderful editor, Danielle, okay. because okay. Okay. I just like send her a bunch of stuff and be like, what do you think? Oh, <laughs> Here, here's my heart on a page. Right. Does any of this make sense? Um, so yes, yes. It is very hard to figure out what's hmm. going to go in the book. But I will say that um, that's where being a visual artist does help somewhat because I knew that this book was going to be full color with art. So it was like, can I see this poem? You know, can I, Ah. can I see the colors? Can I see the the image? So that helped me kind of narrow it down because there were some where I'm like, Oh, I might have to sit with that for a little while. I don't have an image for it yet. So yeah, that helps. (laughs) But, um, Oh my goodness. The poems that you, that you read, I mean, the pieces that you read, um, uh, it was interesting. You you chose quite a bit that had to do with trees, which which is so um, important yeah. to me because I try not to go on a rant about this, but I have this thing with nature. I'm I feel very like sensitive oh. when I'm in nature. I feel very like mm-hmm. um, connected to the trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. it makes any mm-hmm. sense. However, there's mm-hmm. complexity to that, um, being someone who is a descendant of slaves, yes. in that there's been many times where I have been on a particular landscape, and I can just feel, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. not too long ago, I wasn't allowed to be free amongst Absolutely. these trees. Um, Absolutely. I couldn't just wander. I mean, I still don't just wander around by myself, but <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't just wander. I mean, that that was just such a, that was an unknown concept. I mean, if you yeah. were running in the South, you were running away. Absolutely. So 
it was for me as a child, even though I didn't quite have that language yet, I think something in me knew that, um, Hey, this is, this is God's world. Like it's not like some like white man's world who divided the land up and said, okay, you people over here, you people over here. I think, um, one of my favorite songs as a kid, I never put this together. One of my favorite songs as a kid was the the song, this is my father's world. Mm. And even thinking about that of just like, yeah, I'm allowed to be out here. I'm allowed to love the trees. I, I can see this as beautiful. This isn't, this isn't like, set off to the side for people with money yeah. or people with a certain skin color. Come like on. I can be out here and love this too. So Amen. even that line, you know, we are freest in love. Like I, I learned how to like love life, if you will, in a way of like being in nature and just being like, I feel free here. I feel like I belong here. I, I feel like I'm a part of this. And I feel like that's yes. God's love speaking to me. Um, I, and I just have so many distinct memories. Like when I'm writing about like the tree bark and I'm writing about like the red clay, like I have growing up in Georgia, I mean, I have those very specific memories and I'm just of the mind that like, I don't think that stuff is a coincidence. You know, I think that like whatever your sensitivities know. are, like maybe some people just like remember music in a certain way or, or certain foods <laughs> and, and spices and things. Like I think all that stuff can teach us a lot about like, how we can come alive. So yeah, I, I, I really just, um, so both the, uh, the uh, Georgia chapter and Mississippi yes. are, are rooted in my childhood. And those are some of my favorite chapters to write because I am just, I'm so grateful and so thankful that, that amidst all I was struggling with not knowing I was autistic and, and everything that I was I... going through that I was still able to grasp like the beauty of the world and the richness of the world and hope for the world and that's really what the Mississippi chapter is about it's it's mm-hmm. it's me having this experience as a young girl learning more about slavery and also simultaneously just being very imaginative and having this very hopeful imagination of like well, I just, I know it could, maybe it didn't happen for everybody, but I want to imagine the little girl that was able to run away and start a new life with her mom, um, which is what I write about in that chapter. And um, yeah, for me, that's just like a part of my childhood that I want to hold on to because it's hard to keep that hope in today's time. It's like the older you get, the more you learn, the more you see. It's harder yeah. to be hopeful. It's harder exactly. to say like, oh, what if? Like, what if it could be better? Because okay. you're just like, well, it's probably not going to be. <laughs> um, right. It's really easy for me to get to that place as an adult. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, so even just, I mean, everything that's just happened or, in this year alone has just been like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would six-year-old Morgan say? Um, what would six-year-old mm-hmm. Morgan write? And just trying to hold on to that. I don't always know. I don't always know what six-year-old Morgan would say uh, because yeah. 31-year-old cynical Morgan can be very, very loud. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm just, that's something that I sit with a lot. And so I had to put it in the book. I, I just had to put that like childhood wonder and hope in there because I, I really do feel like God put that in me for a reason. So I, I that was just my Absolutely. way of, kind of, you know, honoring that and wanting to talk about that. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is my father's world is one of those hymns that I had no idea was going to do to me what it did. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm sitting <laughs> up in these little churches with all the white folk putting their hands up, having praise gasms to <laughs> some songs about oceans and God is a hurricane. And I'm sitting here judging these people like, ain't no way I'm going to have no worship experience in this little church up here. And when a dude in khaki cargo shorts acting like he better than me and going to get on a guitar and try to tell me what worship is. I am gospel music. OK, but homeboy, the douchebag with an acoustic guitar, y'all started playing this is my father's world i about <laughs> fell out in the spirit i'll never forget that i never forgave that man that i went to college wow. with 
Um, but my, <laughs> my favorite verse is at the end, after all of the things about the forest and the rocks and the trees, the beauty of it is that very tail end stanza that truly a lot of people leave off. But the very last stanza is, this is my father's world. Oh, let me not forget that though the wrongs seem off so strong, God is the ruler, yeah. And so to know that the creator mm. rules over even the history of the people whose bodies will never atone for America's sins, mm-hmm. God's heart is broken at Mm-hmm. the degradation of those trees. Mm-hmm. And so your love of nature, Morgan, your mm-hmm. embracing of nature is reclaiming God's time. You're reclaiming the creative glory that so many black people have been told we're not nature types. We were born for cities. Mm-hmm. That's why supremacy. And so you're experiencing yes. something yes. so holy Yes. Um, that that for me is why your work, even the covers, you're describing the cover picture. I was like, I'm just elated to see sisters in nature because that's something that I want to dismantle my own white supremacy in me. Right. <laughs> oh, so we blessed. We blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the yeah. pieces. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, One of the pieces that I truly love uh, is I can't remember which section it's in. I have like half of it memorized because it really struck me. At one point in the book, you said there will be seasons in your life where what you do is not enough, where the work you've done, specifically, you talk about the work Mm -hmm. um, you're saying to the reader. You're going to be in seasons in your life where the work you did is not enough. And that just rose to the surface for me while you were describing being Mm. connected with nature. How how have you gotten through those seasons where God's work has to be enough um, to make your work feel like it's enough? Because you talk about being with trees and seeing the sunset and Mm -hmm. all these magnificent things how how do you encourage the reader when, when Morgan's work doesn't feel like enough for, for your own self? How is the creator's work enough for you to, um, you said, wake up, eat, take another step, come and find rest, come and find peace? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I, you know, the first word that comes to mind, which I don't even know if it's the right word, but I'm going to say it anyway, because <laughs> uh, I can't think of another word. Um, mm-hmm. And that is just sort of like the the diversity of of the, the many diverse ways that God makes known, like, yes. you're alive for a reason. Yes. Um, and I think what ultimately has happened in my life, and I'm grateful that I've just been able to be in tune to it enough <laughs> to keep Ooh, going man. is that anytime I have been just mm. completely humbled and in, in having something fall through, like losing an opportunity, like putting all my heart and soul into something and still getting told no, all that stuff that happens to us, um, of, of, that there was always just something like some thread that just kept me present. And, you know, I think about uh, when I think about work, I think about when I was a touring musician and it was just a struggle (laughs) a whole lot of times of just like putting my absolute all and knowing I was giving my best, but just, not, I mean, especially financially, it just like, it's, this is just not coming together. <laughs> like no matter how hard I try, okay. but at the same time mm-hmm. I had, I had a younger sister who actually was, who was do, uh, by the numbers was doing better than me. However, yes, thankfully, and I truly believe it was grace that I did not see that from a place of envy. And I was like, I'm just going to be here and support my sister. And that's what I did. And even when things were falling apart for myself and they were not coming together, I was like, I believe in what my sister is doing. I mean, she's diagnosed with Tourette syndrome and her talking about that as, as like a Christian singer and speaker, she ran into a whole lot of, of just 
weird things that church people would say. Mm-hmm. She dealt with a lot of racism. And I was just like, mm-hmm. big sister mode. Like, I'm going on the road with you. <laughs> like, you're not going to talk That's to my right. sister that way. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, like God used that to sustain me. Like, even when, you know, I'm checking the bank account every 24 hours, like, okay, did that, did that transaction go through? Did that transaction go through? Like, even when yeah. that was going on for me, <laughs> I was still just like, I'm able to be here for somebody that I care about. And, and I'm provided for, you know, sometimes it felt like barely, um, <laughs> but some kind of way I'm getting yeah. from one day to the next. And I just find that to be so interesting. Like even this past year when so, so many people, you know, we watched like plans just get canceled for the whole year and, and yes. all this stuff happened. I, I had a one-year-old who <laughs> I was just like, well, I yeah. guess we're just going to hang out here and I could teach you some stuff, I guess. So it was just like seeing That's all right. of that fall apart. There was still just like, well, at the same time that's happening, God is also giving you this. Um, and mm-hmm. yes, it's not what you expected. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting too, it, another layer of it. It's like, it, it's all, it's always has to do with people. It always has to do with, there's always someone that, that I end up being able to, I can serve, I can be present to, even when like my own mm-hmm. stuff is not <laughs> coming together. Yes. So that's been, um, huge area of growth for me um, because I value the work that I do. I, I put my heart and soul into it. I give I give everything and more, um, but it doesn't always work out that, you know, it doesn't always work out the way I want. So I have to say, okay, well, what else am I supposed to be doing here? And how can I learn to see that as valuable? Yeah, no, I just, whew, you know, I, what I hear in your story is, um, um, that God continued to surprise you by grace, you know, surprising you with grace. Like every day, it's like you're checking yeah. that bank account, like, okay, it went through. All right. Well, <laughs> I still got a roof over my head. I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. Like God is keeping me. Uh, you yeah. know, I feel like I'm hanging on by yeah. the skin of my teeth, but I'm yet here. You know, yeah. you know like, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's like, okay, God, do we have to do like do we have, do we have to do like daily reminders that you're keeping me kidding? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the like stress. every few months or so. Like, yeah. do we have to have these literal daily bread? Is what you're praying for. It's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, daily. Like, oh, you right. literally meant daily bread. Okay, gotcha. No, for real. <laughs> Jesus, was like, eat my flesh. Like, no, Jesus, was like, no, I'm not playing. Eat my flesh. Like, we were like, oh, okay. This is not a game. We were like, wow. Like, you know, like, can you give us some margin, Lord? Uh, can we get some breathing room here? Uh, you know? <laughs> no, but that, I, hey, I've, I've felt that. But it's like surprised by grace, right? Just how, like, literally all things working together from Morgan Harper Nichols, right? Mm -hmm. So just seeing how far you have come, understanding, like seeing this awkwardness that you couldn't quite locate or name, you know, this deep connection to nature, you know, which is a reflection of um, being a child of God made in the image of God, our own connection to the earth. The fact that in Psalm 19, that talks about how um, uh, the heavens, day to day, heavens pour forth speech, right? So God is even speaking to us yeah. through nature because we live before the face of God, right? Um, and, and just talk about how all of these things that the way the Lord has been weaving things together, maybe not, not um, exploding your music career, but exploding your sisters and having you help you know, to, Mm -hmm. to birth that, if you will. And then just even with your own writing in your own, your books, right. And like talking about, I don't know what to keep in my books and not to keep. (laughs) So I thank God for my editors. So we thank God for doulas Mm -hmm. because I think about, I think about a a good editor is a doula and they can bring, (laughs) they can bring your book baby into the world. And so I just think about the ways that the right goes, hey, we all hey, we need good editors. Thank God for editors. Shout out to editors. Yes. No, but think about the ways that Amen. God has just I just see grace all over your life in favor, yes, but grace, you know, even mm-hmm. with the diagnosis, getting the autism diagnosis mm-hmm. in your adult life and beginning to, okay, wrap your arms around what does this mean? You know, uh, what is this? Do I seek mm-hmm. treatment? What does treatment look like? 
you know, actually, can you even, if you don't mind talking to us, what does that mm-hmm. look like? So when you got the diagnosis, yeah. can you talk to us? Yes. What tra- now, share what mm-hmm. you want to share. <laughs> I'm not trying to get all up in your business. Yeah. I'm curious oh, yeah, about, of course. <laughs> what, do you treat it? Do you not in your case? Because yeah. we know that there are a lot of people have different, mm-hmm. you know, um, strategies with regard to that. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it is definitely a wide range of experiences. Um, I've, I've known some people who were diagnosed like it within the frame of a month. Mine was several months. I forget, I'm, I lost track of time. Okay. <laughs> like sure, this past sure. year is still just like, what a time anymore, but it was several Listen. months. I, I think it was from, I want to say November, yeah, <laughs> November to the very end of February. So it did, it was even a little longer because mm-hmm. the holidays and stuff. So yeah, that was, that was the length of time. And that was um, meeting with uh, a specialist in in um, just answering a whole bunch of questions about like everything in my life. And there's like different tests involved or just like just to kind of see where you are. And like if you may need like um, it, it's really it was, it was it was kind of sad because there were some parts of it that I was like, wow, I really wish I had, had this years ago. And that was one part of it is that I learned that I, I do have a learning disability and I had, I had so many challenges growing up with taking tests and through all this diagnosis process, I was able to kind of see what that looked like. I'm like, this would have been really good information to have right. when I was in school. Uh, so I would know that, Oh, all that extra stress you're feeling. There's a mm-hmm. reason for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just got a lot of details essentially and yes. details that I feel like I'm still processing of just like, Hey, here's kind of how, you know, you work. Here's some areas that, you know, you may have experienced challenges. Um, but there's a lot of, I mean, I'm not going to speak for all autistic people, but I, I do course. like to read and listen to to a lot of other autistic creators. And if you look at my blog, I, I link a lot of them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely encourage people if they want to know more, just please listen to other autistic people who yes. are sharing. Yes, and, yes. and one thing that, that I feel like is, is something that I relate to that I've seen others say is that like, it's not so much about like, okay, it, it's not about, okay, you got to fix an autistic person. Right. How can we support an autistic person? Mm. And I think that's the heart of it. It's just like, for me now, I'm in therapy with someone who is very aware of, of, of this whole process. So it's not about like, okay, you need to change to like, be normal. It's, you know, quote unquote normal. It's like, what assistance, what support do you need to be able to function in the world? Because for me, autism has a lot of gifts as well. I I have a lot of sensory processing issues, but the Mm -hmm. good side of it is that I am like hyper aware of like colors within colors, within colors, within colors, which works out great when I'm making art. Um, (laughs) It's uh, it definitely has things. I'm like, I don't want that to go away. Like I love that part of myself. Um, um, I'm that way with music. Like I can, I don't think I have perfect pitch, but I'm very sensitive to pitch. So when I hear like a great vocalist, I'm like, Oh, like I just, (laughs) I'm like, just, Mm. I love it. I love it. And even the way I sing is informed by my sensitivity to tone and pitch and sound. So for me, it's like, I feel like for whatever reason, that's who I am. And I I love that part of me. And I'm not trying to make that go away. (laughs) And for the other things, I'm just like, I just need support. And, and I think that's ultimately how, how that's been kind of looking for me. And, and thankfully I have that support. That is a privilege within itself because not everybody has, you know, supportive family or or friends or, or, or medical professionals. I mean, I mean, even the cost to be able to see a medical professional is is not covered by a a lot of insurances. So that's right. So yeah, I consider it a huge privilege that I, that I have support. Like for me, that's just been the hugest thing of like, yeah, this is who I am. And, and, and yes, there's some challenges, um, but the support and knowing I'm not alone is, honestly makes a huge difference. So, yeah. Yeah. That community piece is You're fearfully and wonderfully made beautiful. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. And I really feel the, the strength of saying, this is what I don't want to change. You know, how the Lord um, deliberately made. I <laughs> so that is that fearful, that being wonderful yeah. and knowing you are. Mm-hmm. That's all too rare. That's all too rare. 
Um, what are some things that you would share with the sisters at the table um, who are going through, whether it's your Instagram or shopping, you know, like too many people I know, they keep buying, they got way too many cell phone cases, Morgan. You're going to have to slow down with the Instagram, with the backgrounds and the wallpapers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's retail explosion. Stop making beautiful things. <laughs> Michelle is friends. Michelle is friends. <laughs> Michelle is friends. We would love to hear um, any of the projects or things you would encourage people to like not miss and follow. We we've had a couple pieces. We uplifted the app recently. So yeah, give us an update on what's going on in your world. And then um, anything you would share with sisters. Yes, I love it. Um, And then anything you would share with sisters. Where can they buy the book? Where can they buy the book? Exactly. (laughs) And where where would you encourage people to go if they're on a journey where something like what you've written and published is still only in their minds, is still only in their notebooks. They're still just right after that awkward trip. They're, they're still sort of hanging out, still processing those pieces mm-hmm. of shame around a story that someday, like Akemini said, yeah. they will doula into a whole new life. Um, what encouragement would you give those budding story mm-hmm. sharers? Um, and how can we follow your work? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm very passionate about that, what you just talked about. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll answer that first in that, you know, I, I can only answer for myself because I'm not, you know, specialist or expert or anything. Of but course. what I did was um, I, I looked up uh, specialists who who work with autistic adults uh, in, in my state. And I, I live in Arizona. And it, it may take time to find someone just depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. But one thing I always like to encourage people to do, even if it's not an autism diagnosis, just my experience was always going to the doctor, like look up the reviews, look up the website, get really specific. And if you're on Google reviews, a lot of times you can look at the profile pictures of the people looking at reviews, look at what someone who looks like you has had to say. Um, a lot of That's times right. I've made decisions based on that. Like, what was their experience? Like, hmm, let's see. And yeah, I mean, of course, that, that's not a, a 100% guarantee of what your experience is going to be like, but it's good to do your research. And sure. don't don't think, am I overthinking? No, look it up. Look it up. Ask around. Ask if anyone else mm-hmm. you know is, has any um, experiences. But I, I do think that searching online is a huge help because a lot of people like myself, maybe if you go to your, you know, uh, uh, primary care doctor or, you know, your therapist, not everyone is really educated on everything. You know, no one's a specialist in everything. So they may say something just kind of off the cuff of like, oh, that's nothing to worry about. But then you're kind of left in an awkward spot of like, well, what do I do? Yes. <laughs> so definitely, you know, that's where the internet can be your friend of, 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 and sometimes you will need referrals and specialists for things, but I think it's good to just try to look online and, and also try to speak to people that you know as well. So yeah, that's, that's the advice I would give. Um, Cause I don't know if other people deal with this, but sometimes I do kind of like overthink it and I'm like, maybe I'm researching too much or maybe I'm weird. <laughs> I was like, no, like, when it comes to stuff like this and and being an advocate for yourself, like, yeah, ask all the questions you can possibly ask, (laughs) get all the research you can possibly get. So yeah, that's the advice I would give. And yeah, I'm Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere. So I, on my website, morganharpernichols.com, there is a link for the book. It just says new book (laughs) and it has all the links of all the retails retailers where you can get the book. I have a link that's for the app as well. You can just Mm -hmm. click on that and it takes, you right to it uh for my blog my podcast i try to keep it simple i just keep it all there as well as i'm working harper nichols pretty much on all the social media so yeah awesome yeah well thank you so much morgan for sitting at the table with us thank you you. and of course we want to thank the sisters for taking a seat at the table with us too tweet us your thoughts about behind the book with morgan harper nichols how far you have come 
want to thank you for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about this episode using the hashtag Truth Table. Black women, did y'all know that we have our own Black Women's Discipleship Group on Facebook? Make sure to follow Truth Table on Facebook and join our Facebook group today. Invite your homegirls too. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truth Table or email us your thoughts at info at truthstable.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account now, so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truthstable or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truthstable. Truth Table is made possible by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. I've been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.